Slayers and Slayers. This is Mixtress Ray, and you're listening to What's This Bitch Talking About? To which the answer to that question is every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, mostly exactly 20 years after its original air date. So we're only a week late on this one, and after today, we're caught up. All right. So this is the episode Dirty Girls. Um episode guide Nikki Stafford's episode guide synopsis coming at you <laughs> when an evil preacher working for the first comes to town and sends Buffy a message that he has something of hers she decides to go get it back okay um so this is the one where um uh, Xander loses his eye <laughs> That's it. We're introduced to Nathan Fillion as an evil preacher. I mean, okay, I think that his character is a bit over the top. So we, um, I get that, like, the, one of the big bads of the last season of Buffy, I get the choice to make him real sexist. I get that because this show is supposed to be like very, very over the top feminist, right? Even though it's really not, as I've said many times before, but you know, the idea is that this is a feminist show. So one of the final battles needs to be against misogyny in some way, a symbol of misogyny. I get that, but, and it was 20 years ago, so I guess it makes sense that he be so fucking over the top, but it's, it's a lot. <laughs> He's really over the top. Um, I'm going to read a little bit from the episode guide first before I go to my notes, some things that I highlighted. I did not know this. Um, Dirty Girls is the first episode of what Joss Whedon refers to as the five part series finale. It's the first episode of what Joss Whedon referred to as five-part series finale. Okay, I don't know if I said that right the first time. It sounded weird coming out of my mouth. Anyway, so that's interesting. <laughs> so we are in the home stretch now, like for real. Um, it is, it is, it's weird. It's weird, guys. I'm a little bit like, what? <laughs> I can't believe it's like... I'm a month out from this whole thing being over almost, like a little bit more. Let's see. No, ooh, it is. Because I'm recording this on the 22nd, and May 20th is when we'll talk about the last episode. We are one menstrual cycle away from Buffy being over. <laughs> wow. That... That's taken a minute to sink in. So I have this bottle of whiskey that um, I really cut back on drinking, by the way, just in general, um, this year. But I have this bottle of whiskey. It's my favorite type of whiskey, and but it's really hard to find. And I've had this one bottle that I haven't opened. Um, I just had a thought before I pressed record what if I open it when I talk about the last episode of Buffy? Because it's the end of this era of the podcast. Like, it's not going to be, I'm not going to stop, you know, having, I mean, this podcast is not going to stop existing, but y'all know I'm sporadic anyway, especially if I don't have a current project I'm working on. So it could very well be that like, when I talk about the last episode of Buffy, I won't actually be back until we start talking about Angel season five, you know? It's kind of the end of an era. I mean, not really, because I'm still going to talk about season five of Angel in the same way that I've been doing Buffy. So <laughs> we're kind of phasing out. I don't know. I just had that thought for a second. So, I mean, I'll think about it. I've, I have been saving that bottle Ideally, I'd like to save it until I have another bottle, since it is my favorite whiskey. And once I open that last bottle, then, you know, I may never get to drink it again. Okay. 
Um, okay, I highlighted something that I thought, I, I'm kind of looking at it side-eyed. Um, Nikki Stafford's talking about Faith, and she says that Angel visits her regularly in prison to help her through her atonement. Quote-unquote. I don't think so. I don't, I watched the episode of episodes of Angel. I caught up on the episodes of Angel recently. And, um, I saw the crossover whenever, so we get, we get a couple episodes with Faith in it on Angel or maybe just one. And then Willow goes to pick her up. We see Willow. Willow is in like an entire episode of Angel. And, um, this is the episode of Buffy where Willow brings Faith back with her to Buffy to help. So she was instrumental in the fight, um, that Angel was going through in the Angel series. And she's instrumental in this final battle in Buffy. In fact, I don't know if they would have gotten through the fight on Angel without Faith because Faith did this whole, she refers to it in this episode. She said she did a mind walk with Angel. That was actually an interesting story arc. Um, she like, yeah, they did sort of a mind meld thing, sort of like they were in, she was in his mind. It was a whole thing anyway. Um, and they do refer to that in this episode. Okay. Another thing that I highlighted in Lies My Parents Told Me, so the episode I just talked about two days ago, if you're listening in real time to this podcast, just recorded that two days ago. In Lies My Parents Told Me, Giles told Buffy that she had to stop acting like a general and become one. And in this episode, she steps up to assume that role. So that's interesting to me because, you know, in the last episode, she basically told Giles she didn't need him anymore as her watcher. And, but he imparted that advice onto her about like being a general and she's kind of doing that in this episode. However, however, Giles is very vocal about dissenting with his dissent. Um, <clears throat> sorry, Michael just came up with some popcorn. So I had a little popcorn break. I'm going to need a beverage refill here in a minute. Okay. Um, so <laughs> Buffy's like, you know, announcing to everyone, I'm getting ahead of myself, but it's interesting that, you know, if, if this is a reaction, Buffy, if Buffy is reacting in a petty way, like, well, Giles told me I needed to be a general. So here we go. I don't know if they want us to think that or not. Like, I never thought that before reading <clears throat> this in the um, episode guide. So I don't know if we're supposed to think that or not. But if we are, I mean, that's, that's harsh, man. <laughs> if, like, she decides that she needs to be extra harsh because he said that and now she's mad at him. And then she ends up leading... Like, I'm pretty sure at the end of this battle, at the end of this episode, we've got two dead girls. Um, What's-Her-Face has a broken arm. I don't know anyone's names. I know Kennedy. Kennedy and Amanda. Kennedy and Amanda are, like, the only potentials that I know their names. So we get one chick with a broken arm, two dead girls. Xander gets his eye poked out. Um... And then Buffy's pretty beat up, right? I don't know what other casualties there were, what other injuries there were. Does casualty refer to injuries in general in war or does it refer to just death? Um, sound off in the comments. Oh, wait, there aren't any. <laughs> Send me an email. <laughs> ah, comments. Okay, um... Ooh, so really bad joke, but it could actually have been intentional. So this episode begins with, or I don't think it's the very, very beginning, but one of the scenes in the beginning of the episode, we see Xander 
at his house. I guess a bunch of Slayers are staying at his house. I had never realized that this was his house before this time watching it. Because I was thinking, why is he staying at Buffy's house? But no, a bunch of Slayers are staying at his house place, which makes sense because, I mean, there's just so many of them. It makes sense that they would end up, some of them would end up staying at Xander's. Um, but I, I, anyway, he's having a fucking, it's so disgusting to me. It's disgusting to me that he's having a fantasy about like all of these girls staying with him while he's masturbating and then one of them walks in. I, they don't notice what he's doing. Um, and I think we're supposed to think, well, isn't that nice that he wasn't actually doing that? Cause at first we're like, what, what is going on before we realize that it's a fantasy? Um, I think we're supposed to think that he would never, of course he would never do that. And it's just a weird way to show that he's not going to take advantage of these girls, quote unquote. I don't know. I just thought it was gross, but I'm, you know... I'm overly sensitive to that kind of shit, so I'll, I'll just leave it at that. But anyway, so the joke that was made in the episode guide is we... Okay, so here's what it says. We all know what Xander was doing at the beginning of the episode in the privacy of his bedroom and what religious types often tell little boys will happen to them if they do it too often. It appears in this case that Xander really does go blind. <laughs> that is, I mean, yeah, I had to repeat it though. Okay. Um, so that's Nikki Stafford's episode guide. The parts that I felt like sharing from it. Um, it's going to be kind of bittersweet whenever I put this book back on the shelf, you know? <laughs> It's been just like with my notebook that I use for this podcast for seven years now. And then this book is just going to have to, I don't know, go on a bookshelf. Although, will I ever open it again? Like, I don't sit around reading episode guides, but I have one for Buffy and I have one for Angel. And I suppose if we do continue on after talking about season five of Angel, if we do continue on with like Dexter or something or whatever the next show we talk about is, I'll maybe buy an episode guide for that because I do like having an actual physical resource to look at. Um, those of y'all that have been around since the beginning, do you remember? I didn't remember. I started listening to like the really, really like, I listened to a few of the very first episodes in the beginning. I was using all of my Buffy academic books, of which at that time I probably had around five. I think I've culled it down to like two or three now, but I used to have a book called What Would Buffy Do? I think I still have that one. I had one called Buffy Sex and the Slayer, which was about like gender studies as applied to Buffy. I think, I don't know if I still have that one. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I had like five different Buffy academic books that I consulted, not including this episode guide, every single week. I would look in the indexes to see if like the particular episode I was talking about was mentioned somewhere in the book, and then I would read it, and then I would take notes, and I was like so fucking studious at first with this podcast. <laughs> I think just because like, I have so many different things that I do now. I have my YouTube channel. I have this podcast. I have my patron podcast. I have uh, my radio show. So like all of those things have just sort of, <laughs> I don't know, maybe I'm spread a little too thin. <laughs> I don't know. Or I need to manage my time better so that I can put more energy into the thing into all the things that I do. I mean, I think at this point I probably put the most energy into my YouTube channel because it does actually make me a little bit of money. Um, my Patreon too. Actually, my Patreon makes me more money, but, um, yeah. Anyway, not the point. Let's look at my notes. Okay. My first note is Nathan Fillion, evil priest. 
<laughs> he, okay, so this is what I'm talking about with him being over the top. He says things like, like within the first like 45 seconds of him being on screen, he starts calling. So there was a potential slayer running from the Harbingers, the Bringers, whatever. And sorry, I just took another popcorn break. <laughs> This is not, not a good idea to eat popcorn while recording a podcast. Anyway, so um, she's running from the bringers and he shows up in a pickup truck and like rescues her. And like within like 45 seconds of him being on screen, he calls her whore and dirty. He tells her she was born dirty, born without a soul because women, women born without a soul, born with that gaping maw wants to open up and suck out a man's marrow. Who hurt you? <laughs> Caleb, priest Caleb, who hurt you? Seriously. Um, anyway, um, over the top, just over the top sexism bullshit. Like, just so everyone else looks feminist in comparison. That's the Joss Whedon way. <laughs> Like, what the fuck? Anyway, so he picks this girl up, um, and then we find out that um, he's not actually a priest. He's not there to save her. He is actually the person that is in control of the bringers. So apparently this whole time, he has been the ringleader of the bringers at the control slash behest of the first. So the first is using him to control the bringers. I guess. I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know. This is also just seems like, well, the bringers have been around for a long time now. Why was Caleb controlling them, quote unquote, from somewhere far away? Because in this very first scene, he's like on his way to Sunnydale. He's, and he says that he's never been before. So why is he just now showing up? Whatever. So he brands the girl with like the cigarette lighter in the car. Remember there they used to be cigarette lighters in cars instead of just outlets? <laughs> um, some of y'all may not even remember that. Um, he uses the cigarette lighter in the car to like heat up this ring that he has. And then he sort of brands her on the neck and then he stabs her and whispers something in her ear and says that he needs to tell Buffy something that he has something of Buffy's. Um, and then he pushes her out of the car because he knows that Willow and Faith are behind him in the car. I don't understand that, but whatever. And they are because Willow's bringing Faith back from LA driving like willow has a car since when <laughs> i mean i guess maybe she drove a car in season six that time that she wrecked the car because she was on drugs but why did they have a car at that point doesn't matter um willow's driving faith in a car and whenever um caleb pushes the shannon is her name the girl out of the car um, they almost hit her. They stop. They, of course, take her to a hospital. Um, and let's see, I'm getting ahead of myself. And then the Xander masturbatory fantasy thing, which is just gross. It's just gross. I'm not here for it. Um, negative points for Xander. Um, <laughs> and then... Faith, uh, Faith and Willow talking at the hospital. Faith says, you know, like big evil coming down, trying to destroy the Slayer line. You'd think a girl would get a heads up, <laughs> which fair, right? Like, come on. Um, because basically they did not, they, I had remembered that Faith broke out of prison so that she could help with this final battle. I mean, I guess that's kind of the case, but really she broke out of prison to help Angel. And then it turns out that this whole thing was going down too. There was an apocalypse hap happening on Angel too. <laughs> Just an hour away on the highway. 
Don't apocalypses, like, you know, apply to the whole world, or do they just apply to the metropolitan area of whatever city these shows are in? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, very comic booky, right? Even though Buffy didn't start as a comic book, it's very comic booky universe. Um, you'd think I'd get a heads up, is what she says. And Willow's like, oh yeah, I'm sorry, uh something happen in prison and faith describes that like someone had come at her someone had come after her to try to kill her did that happen on angel like was it a bringer that showed up on angel and attacked faith and made her break out of prison i just watched it somewhat recently that might have been what happened but i'm fuzzy on the details right now um yeah, as per usual, I have a lot of outrage surrounding the treatment of Faith's character because I'm with her. I'm with her. She should have been told that this whole thing was going down. They should have solicited her, helped her break out of prison, whatever. Not that she needed someone else's help, obviously, because she did it on her own. But yeah, I just... They should have been wanting to call her into the battle. If this is a big fuck off battle to end all battles that involves the slayer line they don't even think about faith they don't even think about her they have to know like surely angel t like kept them abreast of the fact that she is not a bad slayer anymore right like what in the fuck why does no one communicate this is important shit you know you're fighting the, the battles. You need all the warriors. Buffy's always telling some random dude that's kind of strong that she needs them in this battle. Why is she not saying that to women? Actual slayers. Jesus. Feminist show. So anyway, sorry, another popcorn break. and <laughs> I had to go get another drink. I'm so distracted tonight, guys. Sorry, God. <laughs> um... I swear I'm going to be putting more effort in. Like, here we go. Last four episodes after today, <laughs> I am going to be better. Because I actually, let's see. I think, oh, I for sure have next Saturday off. So I'm going to be giving you guys more of my attention because this is important. Okay, I got to end this on a good note. All this half-ass podcastery I've been doing. Half-ass half podcastery? Sure. Anyway. So, Faith leaves the hospital because she's like, no, not me in hospitals. We don't mix. We don't mesh or something like that. Because, you know, she was in a coma for a while. So, she goes to, um, she goes to the cemetery and, you know, probably doing a patrol, whatever, and she runs into Spike and he is chasing some girl around the cemetery. So he, so she thinks that he is hunting her and then they both have this, they start fighting a little bit and then they realize who each other are because they've never met. Um, well, technically Faith met Spike in season four when she was in Buffy's body, but they've never met in her own body. So, um, they have this cute little moment where they're like, she realizes that he, the other, the girl that he was fighting was the actual like vampire. I mean, obviously Spike's still a vampire, but he was fighting her just cause you know, he was fighting her with Buffy because Buffy's there too. It's like, what? Anyway. Um, and at one point she's like, I'm reformed. Spike's like, I'm on your, I'm, I'm on your side. And then Faith's like, no, cause I'm reformed now. And he's like, me too. <laughs> so, you know, funny because they both used to be bad, but they're not anymore. Funny, funny. Um, Buffy shows up and she's being real, like, you know, arms crossed, rolling her eyes, like Faith's here, <laughs> which I get, I get. I mean, I guess the last time she saw Faith, Faith switched bodies with her. She had sex with her boyfriend, you know, 
Uh, I know, I know, but still, this is like a supernatural world. She forgives Spike for attempting to rape her, but she doesn't forgive Faith for switching bodies with her. Like, both bad things, but, <laughs> you know, she just, she's led by her libido, man, I guess, which she is a young girl, so, okay. Um, and then Faith, um, Buffy, like, asks Spike if he's okay, which is weird because, like, they just, Spike and Faith just sort of exchanged some punches, like, it wasn't, like, a serious fight, but she asks him if he's okay, and then Faith's like, you're protecting vampires? Are you the bad slayer now? Am I the good slayer now? <laughs> That was just cute. Cute little moment. I just like Eliza Dushku. She's just, and at this point in time, she's like, you know, it's the low rise jeans. Like she's not actually, she's not actually, but she looks like compared to Buffy, like Sarah Michelle Gellar at this point in time, just like looks a little, a little undernourished. Um, but Faith is, Elijah Dushku, she looks, she looks good. She looks healthy. She looks like she's still got some baby fat in her cheeks. You know, it's just, it's nice to see because, you know, she gets real thin too, but later on, but at this point she's still, I don't know. She just looks, it looks, it's refreshing to see someone in this era of time. We're going back to it guys. Thanks. Ozempic. Like, it's happening. I've been threatening it for years. I knew that low-rise jeans were going to come back, and here they come. <laughs> here they motherfucking come. Um, I'm not doing it. I'm sticking with the with the mom jeans, dude. It works for me. I'm doing it. Like, fuck, fuck all the trends. Not that I ever really followed them anyway, but it just means it's going to be harder to find clothes in the next, during this fate during this fashion cycle. Um, anyway, so Buffy's, you know, just being snotty. Um, and, but she says, well, Spike has a soul now. Like, and Faith's like, oh, like Angel. And, Sp and Spike's like, Angel's dull as a table lamp. <laughs> just thought that was hilarious. Angel's dull as a table lamp. Um, then they go back to the house, um, the three of them. And so everybody gets, I, I mean, did Willow not tell everyone that Faith was coming? Like, what the fuck? Where's the communication? Because everybody's like, Faith's here. <laughs> um, so like Dawn's a bit confrontational. Um, it's interesting to think about like what, so even though, Faith was long gone by the time Dawn showed up in season five. I guess we are still supposed to believe that the monks implanted memories and faith about Dawn. That, it seems like a bit of a stretch to me. But I mean, I guess if that were going to be a believable lie, every single person that would have ever in the past encountered Dawn, even though she wasn't really there at the time, would have to have those memories implanted. It's just, it's a pretty complicated magic spell that those monks did. <laughs> just saying. Because we've never seen Faith interact with Dawn because Dawn didn't exist yet, but whatever. Um, but when Faith sees Dawn, it's the cutest. This is the quote of the episode. She just says, check it out. Brat's all woman-sized. <laughs> I love it. There's some definite tension in the moment between Buffy and Giles. This is the first scene that we see the two of them together again after she slammed the door on his face on the last episode. Um... But Spike, somebody who says he's not self-reflective, like he's very observant. He sees 
psychological shit that's going down. So after this like weird little tension moment, whenever Faith first walks in the door, um, Spike lets her in on the situation. It's like that tension, not all about you. Um, Giles was in on a plot to kill me. Um, so, and then Faith is like, hmm, makes me feel better about me, worse about Giles, and kind of iffy about you. <laughs> Which is, I just love her. I mean, she has the bluntness, just like our favorites, Cordelia and Anya. She has that. I mean, yeah, it's coming in a slightly different flavor when it's coming from Faith, but like, where was Anya this episode? Anya was completely missing. Entire episode. Didn't see her at all. Okay, just noting. Noting that. I think she'll be in all of the last four episodes, I'm pretty sure, but she just wasn't there this episode. Um, my next quote is, sticking all them splits. So this is um, misogynistic priest Caleb talking to the first in the form of Buffy. Most of the time when he's talking to the first, it's as Buffy. Um, and at some point he says, sticking all them splits. Like what? This watch through for this podcast is the first time I'm watching Buffy with the subtitles on, I believe, because I, I just started doing that like the last, yeah, like the last seven years or so. I turn on subtitles for everything now. It just, it's so much easier to understand things that way for me. Um, so I never caught that he was saying sticking all them splits, like referring to women as splits. Whew, it is, I mean, it feels like I'm saying words I shouldn't be saying, just quoting that, you know? <laughs> like, yee. Oh, it's bad. Um, we get a beautiful little, um, homage flashback to the, the, the wonderful Andrew centric episode entitled Storyteller. He is talking about Faith, talking about her storyline, giving us a, you know, previously on Buffy the Vampire Slayer recap of Faith. He's giving that to us in his, in his very you know, his very Andrew style. And we get to see that. And it's so much fun. I loved it so much. <laughs> it's the best. We get some, we get a little flashback. We get a little montage kind of, of, you know, Faith and Buffy and everything that happened between them. Some really good shots of Faith and Buffy from season three, mostly. And it was a good time. It was a good time. And then, uh, we see her fighting a Vulcan. <laughs> Looks like Spock. Um, and they're, they're battling. And then that's when the little fantasy ends. Um, because one of the potentials interrupts him. What? Why would she be fighting a Vulcan? I thought you were supposed to be making up stories anymore. And it turns out that, like, the guy... The professor that Faith killed in season three was a volcanologist, someone who studies volcanoes, not a Vulcan, but that was just a hilarious misunderstanding that I just fucking loved. And of course we have Jane Espenson, the writer, to thank for that little moment because in the episode guide, um, there was a quote from her talking about how um, she that was her joke and she's really glad that it got to stay in. So that was nice. Um, that was just fun. That was the best part of the whole episode, <laughs> honestly. Um, we get a scene between Buffy and Robin at the school. He's like, I don't know, grading papers or something. He's left-handed. Notice that. Always notice when someone's left-handed. Probably don't always notice, but you know, it stands out to me because I'm also left-handed. So... She comes in, she reminds Robin, like, I'm serious. I don't have time for your vendettas, but I need you in this fight. Um, and he's like, cool, you're fired. <laughs> um, because why is she still coming into work? I mean, she probably doesn't even do it that often anyway. 
Um, but yeah, he tells her that she's fired because there's more important things to think about right now. And um, he repeats back to her the reason that he's firing her. This is part of the reason. He says the mission is what matters. And she seems to like take offense to it. So did she know that that's something that his mom used to say to him? I don't think so. Right? No. Stupid. Anyway, I just think the writing is not the best right now on Buffy. It's really, I don't know, what is going on? Like, who do we have to blame for this episode? I mean, this episode isn't that terrible, but I did have a lot of issues with it. Written by Drew Greenberg and directed by James Conner. So those are two pretty regulars on this show. When do we get, like, is Marty Noxon not around right now? What's happening? I feel like we're missing the Marty Noxon vibes. Sorry, I'm flipping through and looking at, like, the last few episodes. Okay, we have one written by Jane Espenson soon. And, of course, Chosen is written and directed by Joss Whedon. Okay, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what Marty Noxon's doing right now. Where is she? What is she doing? I like her writing. It guts me, but I still like it. Okay. Um, we get a scene at the house when Buffy's still at work. Faith comes down to the basement to, like, smoke a cigarette and get away from all the girls or something. And, of course, Spike's down there. Like, he's got a cot in the basement. And, you know, there's a little bit of flirty-flirty between the two of them. Which, it's mostly, it's mostly Faith flirting with Spike. Spike's, you know, he's a little bit flirty, but not too much. I used to hate this scene, because I used to be like, uh, it's gonna betray Buffy. <laughs> Spike's gonna betray Buffy. Um, which, he wouldn't be, even if he decided to make out with Faith. It wouldn't be betraying Buffy. They don't have a relationship. <laughs> And, um, now I just kind of enjoy it because these two characters, like, this is the only time we really ever see them connecting is in this episode, I think, as far as I can recall. So it's, it's kind of nice because they do have things in common. Um, it makes sense that they would get along, get on. It makes sense. Um, and of course, Buffy comes down the stairs and sees them together and it's, weird and awkward and she's jealous and stupid whatever I mean it wasn't too over the top but it was a little bit like really why we're spending all this time on stupid scenes like this like Buffy being jealous because you know I mean I love Spike don't get me wrong I'm always complaining that we have too much Spike I love Spike I really do I think they did a great job with his character arc I like him so much as a character, but we're getting like zero dawn time, barely any of any of the main characters. Like I've been bitching about this for weeks now. It's like everything is about Spike right now. And it's just, it is not correct. My dudes, it is not correct. <laughs> anyway, um, I think like, one of Dawn's, like, two lines in this entire episode, she, um, shows up at the top of the stairs in the basement, and during this scene after Buffy has gone down and seen Faith and Spike talking, because, of course, her first place, the first place she goes is to say hi to Spike in the basement, like, what the fuck, Buffy, you, you, ha you have a problem. <laughs> Hanging out with this guy that attempted to rape you last year. You have a problem. Okay. Um, yeah, Don shows up to say that the girl is awake at the hospital, the Shannon, the potential. So they go, Buffy goes to talk to her and she says, you know, she tells them about the priest guy and about the, you know, shows, shows them the mark on her throat and also, um, which wouldn't, Willow have already gotten a picture of this. I mean, she, I mean, I guess it was a, whatever. 
whatever. <laughs> but it was her and Faith that picked her up off the side of the road and took her to the hospital. So she likely would have already seen the burn on her neck. And since the Willow's first reaction is to take a digital camera out of her bag to take a picture of it, wouldn't she have done that already? <laughs> like, she spent time with this girl. Anyway. Maybe she was just unconscious the whole time because she lost so much blood and, like, there was a lot happening. Okay, I get it. I get it. Whatever. Um, but, you know, she says that, you know, the priest said, I have something of Buffy's. Whatever gives her the message. Um, and this is when we see Buffy, like, telling everyone. Or she's in a bedroom, somebody's bedroom, I don't know who's, with... Giles, Xander, I think Don, definitely Willow, probably Kennedy, probably Spike and Faith. I don't know. I, I can't remember exactly how many of those more main characters were all together. Uh, but she was saying, like, we need to do this. We need to go in there. We need to go get it. Whatever it is that he has of mine. I don't care what it is. It's time to get started. And Giles is like, I, I don't think they're ready for this. We don't know anything about this guy. Like, this is too soon. And Buffy's like, they're not going to expect a full-scale attack right now. We need to do this now. And Giles is like, I don't know about that. And everybody's kind of, like, gently disagreeing with her. Like, nobody's getting real heated. Except maybe Giles, because he's been angry at her for a while now understandably actually because Buffy's been a real dick lately <laughs> um so yeah Xander sort of gently disagrees with her she has a rebuttal for that I think Willow maybe does she has a rebuttal for I mean she like everybody's kind of like I don't know if this is the best idea but she's like no we're doing it we're doing it um and at one point, Buffy says, the thing that I was remembering, I think I said it in the last episode, I I don't think she said it in that episode, but she says it in this one. She says to Giles, help the girls who still need a teacher, because she tells him to stay behind. She tells Giles and Willow to stay behind, but Xander and... Probably, I mean, it would have to be Kennedy. Xander and Faith and Spike and Kennedy are all coming with her. As well as a bunch of the uh, potentials that have been around a little bit longer, that have been training a little bit longer. Um, then we get a scene with Faith and Buffy. They're kind of like following one of the bringers, trying to figure out, like... And he sort of is leading them to the the winery where Caleb is staying and uh everybody's like this is a trap this is a trap and Faith says that too she's like ah I mean yeah if he looks like he's sort of leading us there lends lends weight to the theory that this is a trap and Buffy's like I don't care and Faith's like, okay, you, you fine by me. You know me. Drop me in the hornet's nest. Fine with me. But even Faith is kind of like, I don't know, looks like a trap. <laughs> um, not that she, I mean, she could recognize a trap before, but she's never really cared. And even now she's like, let's do it. Whatever you want to do, me. <laughs> let's do this. She's willing to do it. Which is, again, something that Spike would say. You know, like, yeah, might be a trap. Don't care. If you want to do it, let's do it. You know? Like that time that he thought that Buffy wanted to steal a car. And he's like, well, we do have the motorcycle pet. But if you want this car, okay. <laughs> like, don't really need to, but we can do it if you want to. Um, anyway, I did like that scene with just, like, you know, Buffy and Faith kind of having a conversation. And, like... Just seeing them walking together again, doing Slayer things together again, you know, it was nice. It was nice. Um, 
And Eliza Dushku is like, I don't know if she's gotten taller since season three, but she looks like a lot taller than Sarah Michelle Gellar at this point. Um, maybe I'm just misremembering. But it seemed like they were the same height before. Maybe they were just like doing more in the shots to make it look they like they were the same height. Um, anyway. Uh, where are we? Um, Xander has this super touching speech. It's actually, it's pretty nice. Like, usually I get tears in my eyes watching it. And, like, Andrew's crying. Buffy's getting a little teary-eyed. Like, everybody's sort of arguing about Buffy because everybody's, you know, Buffy's been a real dick lately, like I said. And Xander basically, like, has a speech for all the potentials back at the house while Faith and Buffy are, like, whatever, doing, figuring out where they're supposed to go or following the bringer guy, whatever it was they were doing. Reconnaissance. I don't know. What do you call that? Um, but he, he launches into this speech and he's like, I, I don't even, I wish I could just read it for you guys. But I mean, basically he's just talking about how Buffy, like, even though she looks, you know, like she is heartless you know, I've been fighting with her for years and she cares more about your lives than you will ever know. And like all this stuff. And it's really touching and really sweet. And Buffy walks in and hears like the whole last half of the speech or last two thirds of the speech or something. And so like Faith and Buffy are just standing there and no one knows that they've come in, which they would, but you know, whatever. And <laughs> at the end of it, like Faith just says, damn, I never knew you were that cool. <laughs> which is cute. Um, and then they lead all the, these potentials into the battle at the winery with, you know, misogynist creep priest, Caleb, <laughs> misogynist creep priest, Caleb. <laughs> I meant to say misogynist priest, but then creep came out of my mouth anyway. So it's, it is a trap. Um, like I said, two potentials die. Um, Mona, I think that's her name. Mona? That sounds weird. But I think Mona gets her arm broken. Xander gets his eye poked out. It's awful. You have to see it in the previously on until the end of the show. <laughs> if you are watching something that has that on it, thankfully the DVDs do not. But I remember when I was watching this in real time in 2003, I remember that sort of like every week we'd have to see it in the previously on Buffy. And it was just like, no, Xander's getting his eye poked out. No. It used to be a lot more devastating to me than it is now. I used to be very outraged by it. In general, I'm outraged by the fact that Willow doesn't restore his eye. Why can't she do that? Because the argument in the past for Willow doing magic in cases like this has always been if it's by human means, like if somebody shot somebody, like for example, when Warren shoots Tara, she can't fix that because that's a human death by human means. But this situation is mystical. This priest guy has some sort of supernatural strength that he is somehow getting from the first. He's not a normal human dude. So this was a mystical eye poking out. So by those means, Willow should be able to restore his eye. I want to be clapping right now, but it's loud, so I'm not going to. Just imagine the little clap emoji. Willow should be restoring Xander's eye. Come on. What the fuck? But that never happens. He has an eye patch throughout the comics. For all time, he now has an eye patch. From now on. I mean, if all you do is watch the TV show, then he only has the eye patch for the last four episodes. But you know what I'm saying. Um... I wrote pain, destruction, Xander's eye, two dead, Buffy real beat up, he's strong. 
he's strong being Caleb. So we find out, like, when Buffy goes up against him, um, he's very strong. He, like, kind of knocks her out, like, immediately with one blow. Um, and, yeah, it's it's bad. It's It's bad. It's a total trap. It's an ambush, kind of. I mean, do you call it an ambush if it was a trap? Because they were pulled into it. I guess, yes. I don't know. I don't know fucking terms like that. You guys know. Um, Spike sort of saves Xander. Like, he's the one that, like, um, sees what's happening. I don't know what the fuck Buffy's doing in that moment. Because she didn't jump in. Um, I don't, I don't understand. Maybe she's kind of dazed because she was just knocked out. Um, or something. Because Spike gets her, um... Right before this, we see him say, we've got to go. And he grabs Buffy. And then I guess they're going to get Xander at the same time or right after that. And that's when it happens. And Spike pushes Caleb out of the way and kind of fights him for a second. And then they get away. They all three get away. So if it weren't for Spike, like, it's possible that Caleb would have kept going until he got to his brain, you know? put his thumb right through his brain. I don't know. (laughs) I think, yeah, I think Xander was about to die and Spike saved him and they never talk about that. And I never noticed it before this, this time watching it, like just a few minutes ago. Um, at the very end of the episode, we see Buffy just sort of, it's like a voiceover from Caleb saying a bunch of like weird religious misogynistic bullshit, whatever, some kind of speech. I don't care. Um, and Buffy is walking around, like, at night, all alone. Like, she went home, but, like, everyone's looking at her like, you fucking bitch. And she went by the hospital, but everyone's looking at her like, you fucking bitch. She should have stayed at the hospital. Like, she should have sat with Xander. As we will see in the next episode, that is definitely a sticking point. She's not, like hanging out with Xander while he's at the hospital and that is a sticking point for Willow you can tell I remember there being something it might just be like tension and I don't know if they actually confront her about that or not but anyway it's all gonna it's it's all happening now guys Let's read the synopsis for the next episode, shall we? So we can see what we're in for. Empty places. Like Xander's eye socket. (laughs) Um, Still reeling from the carnage at the winery, the group is shocked when Buffy announces they have to go back in. Oh shit, I didn't remember that. Okay, this is the one. Okay, this is the one where everybody's like, Buffy, you need to leave. You've been a dick lately. This is the one. Okay, that's next week. Okay. I just wanted to see that. Oh, I forgot about the ratings. Fuck, I just closed my notebook as if it was all over. I just finished a notebook, guys. (laughs) I just finished a composition notebook. I only have four episodes left. So, it seems silly to start another one, but... I guess we still have season five of Angel. Okay. Ratings for the episode. Um, object of the episode. Were there any interesting objects in this episode? Mm-hmm. I cannot think of anything. There was like no mystical objects. There was no lingering in like any settings. There's so many people in all the scenes right now that it's hard to see like the set design, the props, stuff like that. Um, it's just, there's too many fucking people like, yeah. I mean, we're getting towards the end and I'm, I'm thinking that season seven kind of sucks guys. Do you agree? I mean, I know that like in the future when I'm doing like, when I'm binge watching Buffy just for my own pleasure and enjoyment, watching it at whatever fucking pace I want to, 
I'm probably not going to be focusing on that so much. You know, it's going to be fine. I know these episodes. It's going to be part of the story. But, like, I'm, I was suspecting at the beginning of the season that I was going to rank it pretty low. Like, at the end of this, I want to rank all the seasons. My favorite to my least favorite. And right now I'm thinking seven is my least favorite season of Buffy. Yeah, I think so. Because I love the campiness of season one. And season two and season three are like kind of perfection. Season four is uneven, but it's it's not the worst. Season five's pretty tight pretty good. I love season six. It tears my heart out every time and stomps on it. And I'm here for it. <laughs> but yeah, right now, I mean, let's just do it now. Cause I don't think this, I don't think it's going to change. Let's just do it now. Let's rank all the seasons of Buffy right now. Ooh, let's see. I think for me, it is probably, ooh, that's actually harder than I thought. Um, three, two, six, one, four, seven. Okay, I'm going to write it down. Three, two, six, four. No, three, two, six, one, four, seven. Oh, I'm missing something. Five. I missed five. <laughs> Where would I put five? Mm, I like season five, but not as much as season one. Okay, so it's Three, two, six, one, five, four, seven. Okay. Okay. But I mean, like, I really do. I think there's a big gap between four and seven, the last two. I think, you know, my very, very favorites are three, two, and six. And then one, five, and four, love them. They're great. And then seven is fine. <laughs> but I have a lot of pro. I feel like I have the most problems with season seven. So, yeah. I don't know. I don't think I have an object of the episode to go back to that. There's definitely not an outfit of the episode. All the outfits were total dog shit this episode. It was just like people wearing... Com I mean, it was realistic at least because people were just wearing regular clothes like nothing stood out nothing was that interesting or stylized it was all pretty boring um the quote is uh check it out brat's all woman sized that faith says to dawn um mvp of the episode i'm gonna i'm gonna go with faith because you know i I'm tempted to give it to Xander because he did lose his eye and he had that great speech. But the masturbatory fantasies about 15-year-old girls really just makes him, you know, not eligible for MVP. Especially considering that he ends up in a relationship with Dawn once we get to the comics which is gross. Um, five by five. I mean, what did I give? What did I give the last episode? Cause I didn't really like that one. Did I give it a two and a half? What did I give the last one? Yeah, I gave it a two and a half. So it was better than that. So I'll give it a three, give it a three out of five. It was fine, but, but I didn't really like it. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. See you guys next week when we will talk about end of days. No, empty places. Empty places. 
Okay, bye.